Turn with me to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 1, and then you can also go to Acts, the 27th chapter. Acts, the 27th chapter. Matthew chapter 1, we've, this is our core scripture that we've been reading about. It's, it's the moment that changed everything for us. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, if you're watching online right now, I want you to get tuned in. I want you to get ready to receive right now because I believe that not only is God with us right here at Triumph Church, but he is with you wherever you are. If you're in the airport, you're at the hospital, you're in a hotel, maybe you're at home, wherever you are, God is with us. It's going to be a good morning. All right. So last week we, we talked about how God is with us in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of wandering and testing and preparation, but the wilderness is part of God's pattern. We think we're going to go straight from the mountaintop, from the victorious place, straight to the promise, and yet God takes us from the mountain to the wilderness before taking us into the promise. It just seems to be his way. We see it time and time again in scripture. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to follow up on the iPad, on the uh, podcast or on our app. And, uh, but here was the principle, knowing who you are with is better than knowing where you are going. Knowing that God is with you is better than knowing where he's taking you. So we're walking with God. Today, I, I want to make a, a, a quick transition, um, and I, I want to encourage you to be with us this next Sunday morning. It's Christmas Eve. Bring your family. Come. If you've got people coming in from out of town, bring them with you. Let's worship God together. It's his birthday. Let's come together. Be with him. We're going to have a one-hour service. We're going to have some special music. The team's been working so hard. Uh, we're going to have uh, cookies and hot chocolate in the foyer, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great day, so make sure you're with us. Normal service time, 10 a.m. next Sunday morning, and I've got a message for you entitled, God is with us in the waiting, in the waiting. It's going to be a good day. Um, but what I've, what I've been studying on and reading on is the, is the book of Acts chapter 27, and in this chapter, uh, we're coming to the close of this book. This is a story of the Acts of the Apostles. That's why we call it Acts, because it's what the apostles did. It's what the early church did. It's many of the things that happened as the church was being born. And we're coming to a close, and towards the end of the, the book, it really begins to focus on the life and the ministry of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul has now been in prison. He's been taken to court, and uh, he is being transported now as a prisoner from where he was being held all the way to Rome to stand before Caesar. In this process, he goes on a long journey. It takes him quite a while. He's going around the Mediterranean Sea to get there. And I want to show you this map just so you can kind of put it in your mind. I don't know if this helps you or not, but this is the, the Mediterranean Sea. And so you can see right here, he begins in Caesarea, and then he goes up to Sidon, and then he uh, sails around. Now, up to your left-hand corner... I don't know if y'all remember that old TV commercial about the island shaped like a, uh, the, the, the country shaped like a boot. That's Italy, right? Do y'all remember that commercial? It was the, uh, anyway, I don't remember, know what it was. But that's it right there, and Rome is kind of up the coast on, on the left-hand side there. 
what would be the kind of the west hand side. So he's got quite a journey to go all the way around and he's cutting through all these islands and he's but the problem was they left fairly late in the sailing season. You didn't sail in the winter months in the Mediterranean Sea because the winds would shift. They would make it very difficult to cross the Mediterranean Sea. Not only would the directions change making it difficult, but they would change rapidly. Violent storms would come in. So you didn't sail late into the season very often. So they come around, they, they get to this city right here called Mira. Uh, the actual Greek word is Mura. Uh, this is in modern day Turkey where they land. As they get here, um, the, the guy that they're with, the, the centurion, decides to put them on an Egyptian sailing vessel, an Egyptian trade vessel. This vessel was carrying grain all the way to Rome. So the centurion says, okay, let's get off of this ship because it's going back. Let's get on another ship and go straight to Rome. This was fairly commonplace um, to, to jump on someone else's ship that was going the, the same way as you. It happened fairly regularly, especially in the, in the Roman Empire. In the Roman Empire, basically all of the ships worked for the government. Even though they were privately owned, they were worked for the government. So when a centurion says, I'm coming on your ship, he's coming on your ship. So he gets on this Egyptian uh, trade liner, and they set sail. And uh, they, they go up, and you can see then they had to come down, and they go down around the southern coast of this island, Crete. Now, uh, I don't know if this interests all of you, but I, I get interested in maps and things like this, so just bear with me for a minute. They land in a place called Fair Havens. Now, by the time they get here, they have battled winds, they have battled the elements, the sailing season is really over, they get to Fair Havens, and they have a decision to make. Will we continue sailing on, or will we stay here? They were so far behind in their journey that they had a tough decision to make. Winter was upon them, weather was probably going to roll in, even though it looked fine from where they were standing. They knew the winds were shifting and were going to make it difficult. And so they had to decide, will we continue on or will we not? Fair Havens sounds like a nice place, but apparently it wasn't. They didn't want to stay there for the winter. It's an island. They didn't want to be stuck there. It was not a very favorable place to stay over the course of the winter. And so they said, I tell you what, let's go on to Phoenix, which as you can see is just around the tip of the island there. And he said, let's go on to Phoenix, and if we can sail on to Rome from there, we'll do it, but let's at least get to Phoenix. Now, Phoenix should be nothing more than a few-hour trip in the, in the ship that they were on, in the vessel they were on. The problem is the island of Crete has these massive mountains that stand up like 7,000 foot tall out of the ocean. And so as they're sailing along the, the southern side of the island, suddenly out of nowhere, this terrible storm comes straight over the island of Crete, it had been hidden by the mountains. They couldn't see it. And of course, they couldn't pick up their iPhone and look at their weather app and check the radars. And so they're out here, and this storm begins pushing them and taking them. It was a problem. They were struggling. Now they're just trying to get to Phoenix, but as you can see, the red arrow turns and points south. Because the winds were coming so strong, it was a northeaster, so from the northeast... The winds were pushing them so strong, now you can see why the arrow was pointing them southwest because they couldn't control where they were going. So what did they do? They start pulling in the sails. 
they let out a sea anchor. So they start pulling down the sails because the, 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 the storm is tearing up their sails. It was doing no use. Sails give them their steering mechanism and their force behind them. And then they pull in, they throw out a sea anchor and they just start following the storm because they can't fight against us. They eventually go and they take all of their rigging, which allows them to control the sails up and down and to turn the sails left and right, which allows them to steer. And they throw all of that overboard. And then they go in and they throw all their cargo overboard. Now you have to understand that one of the reasons that they were trying to make this trip so desperately to get to Rome late in the season is because Rome often faced a food shortage in the winter. It's a very common thing. It was a large city and they never had enough food. And so the Roman uh, leaders would pay uh, extra bonuses if you uh, sailed in the late fall, early winter. If you fought the seas to bring Rome food, you would make a lot more money. So your profit margin went up. So I want you to watch what happens. They get in the middle of the storm, and the first thing they do is they throw over their cargo. They throw over their future profit. They throw over their future earnings. They got in the middle of the storm that seemed to pop up out of nowhere, and they threw their future overboard, and they quit thinking about their future. The second thing they did was they threw over their rigging, which gives them the ability to control where they're going or to steer. So now not only have they thrown over their future, but they have thrown over their ability to even determine where they're going on their own. I don't know if you've ever been in a serious storm in your life. But when storms hit, they often have this tendency to come out of nowhere. And they cause us, uh, if they get bad enough, to get to a place in our lives where we forget thinking about our future, we forget talking about vision and where we're going and how to get there, we give up the ability to control our own lives, and we just let life take us, we just let the storm take us, and we stop sailing and we start surviving. I want to talk to you about this subject today. God with us in the storm. These, these storms that seem to hit out of nowhere, these problems that seem to come out of nowhere and have dramatic effects on our life and cause us to stop sailing and start surviving. They wrapped the boat in rope, literally made a cocoon out of the boat to try to save it. Have storms in your life stolen your future? Have they stolen your ability to steer or be in control in your own life? Are they stealing our hope? Read this verse in Acts chapter 27, verse 20. This is the point they get to. No one had eaten for a long time. And finally, called, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided. This is verse 21. Go back to verse 20 if you would. I'm sorry if I said the wrong thing. Verse 20. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars. And watch these words. Until all, at last, all hope was gone. All hope was gone. This is what storms do in our life. They beat on us and they pound on us until all hope is gone. Why worry about your future when there's no hope that it's going to work out anyway? Why worry about steering around a storm or getting to where you're going or, or even thinking about where you might be going? Just let the storm take you because there is no hope. This is what storms do in our life. This is where the men got to. If I could give you our sermon in a sentence today, it would simply be this. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. 
Never let the presence of a storm in your life cause you to doubt the presence of God. I can promise you this, storms will come in your life. If you haven't faced a storm, storms will come. I want you to look at the person right next to you. Look at them, look at them really closely. You're not looking at them. Look at them really closely. Yeah, make, them, make it really awkward for a minute. Tell them, storms are going to come. Are you ready? <laughs> Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that even though storms come, you will never leave us in the midst of the storm alone, but you are always with us. Father, I thank you that as we read from your word and we hear what Paul says to the men and what he's saying to us today, we will be encouraged today knowing that no matter what we're going through, you are with us. Open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits today to be received by the power of your word. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Three questions I want you to ask yourself about the storm you're in. It starts right here in verse 21. Uh, we'll go to that verse now. Uh, Verse 21, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left, left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. I love this about Paul. Paul told them not to go. He told them you shouldn't get out on the ship in, 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 the, in this water right here. He told him, men, if we go out, I fear that we're going to lose everything. And then he gets here and they're losing everything. And Paul has the ultimate I told you so moment. Now I must be honest with you that I struggle when people ask my advice, don't listen to me, and then it blows up in their face. I really struggle not to say I told you so. If I can have just a moment of honesty with you to, to repent before you and before the Lord, I really struggle. But then I read this verse, and, and I saw how Paul said, I told you so, and I remembered how Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ, and now I no longer feel bad about saying, I told you so, though maybe I should. <laughs> Paul stands up, he's like, guys, you didn't listen to me. You should have listened to me. I told you not to go, and yet you went. The first question that we have to ask of ourselves when we are in the midst of a storm is simply this. Is it my fault that the storm has wrecked my life? No, I know what you're thinking, Pastor Randy, you can't control the storm. You're exactly right. You cannot control it to storm. I can't cause it to rain. I can't cause the wind to blow. I can't cause it to snow. I can't, cause, I can't control the weather only God can. But here is what we know. We know that we are promised time and time again throughout Scripture that storms will come in our lives. So the question is not, will storms come? The question is not, did I cause the storm? The question is, did I decide to sail out when I never should have been sailing and then I got caught in the storm? Did I put myself in positions where the storm could destroy me? Did I put myself in places where I never should have been, but because I was chasing a dream, chasing a dollar, chasing this, chasing a girl, chasing whatever it might be, I put myself in a position that when the storms came, I lost everything. No, I didn't cause the storm, but I could have been safe in fair haven. 
The storm was not their fault, but it was their fault that they left the safety of their port. It could have been nice. They could have been warm. They could have been safe. They could have been dry. They could have been eating wonderful meals, but instead they went out in the middle of storm season and they paid the ultimate price. They were warned. Paul warned them. History warned them. Sailors warned them. And yet they made the decision to sail anyway. How many times in our lives did our mama warn us? Pastor warned you. Your best friend warned you. Your boss warned you. Everybody warned you, but you went out anyway, and then it blew up in your face, and you said, well, look, I didn't cause the storm. No, but you didn't listen to the people in your life who God was putting there to try to help you. We live in a pass-the-blame society, in a pass-the-buck society. It wasn't my fault. It was because of this and it was because of that. I wonder if there is a point in our lives as mature believers of God that we ought to look at our own selves and say, no, I didn't cause the storm, but I never should have been in the middle of it. You say, well, I didn't cause, uh, I, I lost my job. Yes, but you knew you were on a contract. You knew your contract was ending, ending at some point. And instead of saving money prepared to prepare you for when you lost your contract, you spent it all and more. And now you've lost your job and you're broke. I know it got too real for just a second. There. I'll back up. I'll back up because that wouldn't be anybody in this room. You're, you already went through financial peace in our life teams and you grew through that. So that's not really an issue. Uh, you, but, but you were told not to date the boy. You were told not to hang out with him. You were told, do not marry this guy. And you did it anyway, and you found yourself in the midst of the storm. And you say, I didn't do it. He's this and he's that. And we're all looking at you going, <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> because there are decisions we make in our lives that put us out in the middle of the ocean in storm season vulnerable to the storms that are coming our way. Storms will come. Will you be ready? You procrastinated on something you knew was important, and then you got caught unready. You didn't listen. You weren't considerate. I'm not trying to be callous, but I think we ought to take hard looks at where we are. It's the only way to learn how to not get back in that position. The next time Paul stands up and says, man, I don't think you should sail out in the storm, we might should listen and go, I think he's right. Because the last time, I ended up shipwrecked. Storms will come. Will you be ready for them? Jesus said this, when the storms come, did you build your house on the rock or did you build your house on the sand? The storms will come. What did you build on? Because once the storm hits, it's too late to rebuild your house. They were trying to get back into port. They were only going a few miles. They couldn't turn the ship back into the wind, but the storm was pushing them away. That's the way some of the storms in our life work. You get out there. We get out there, and we think, oh, I can just turn it right back. If I get too far out, I'll just back up. No, some things you just can't back up. Some decisions you can't undo until they blow up. Maybe this is one of the reasons that they lost hope because they knew that they had made the decision to set sail. They knew it was on them. You see, I found that it is easy to believe that God will get me out when he's the one that allowed me to get in in the first place. It's much more difficult for me to believe that God will get me out when I know that I put myself there. When I know that it was my mistake that got me there, it's much more difficult to believe that God will get me out than it is to believe 
that if God, if you led me here, you'll lead me through. There are situations in my life. He brings me through the wilderness. He's brought me through the valley. He's brought me through all types of things. I know he'll get me out. But when I put myself in the middle of a storm, it's hard to believe that God will get me out. But I want you to know today, if you're in the storm, he's not going to leave you where, they are, where you are. He's going to help you through. Second question I have, are you okay this morning? Okay, y'all been kind of quiet the last few weeks, and uh, I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it, but I'm, I'm thinking of some ways, thinking of a little zapper in your seat. Don't tell, not all the seats, just a couple of them, and then just somebody would, oh, yeah, you know, and just like... <laughs> Just, just, just a little bit. You never know where it's going to hit either. You know. um, the second question is this, whose boat are you in? Why do I ask this question? I ask this question because there were men on the ship who made the decision to sail out into the sea. There were also men on the ship. There were crewmen on the boat who didn't get a vote in what, whether they sailed or not. The ship was leaving with them or without them. And they chose to get on the boat with people who are making poor decisions. Whose boat are you in? Who, who in your life is steering you? Who are you following? Where are they taking you? Are you in the boat with people who are leading you out into the sea in the middle of storm decision season? Let me ask you this question. Are you going through a storm because of someone else's dumb decision? Don't, don't look around right now. That'd be really awkward. Are there storms in your life that you are facing because someone else made a terrible decision and now you're having to deal with it? You didn't cause it. You didn't make the decision. And yet you're in a storm. You're dealing with problems because of them. Who's charting the course of your life? You might have some friends that you need to get out of your boat. That you're just in, you're just in the wrong boat. Either you've got to go or I've got to go. You either need to Jonah them what do I mean by that? He's like, Jonah, you're the problem. Out you go. I'm feeding you to the fish. Or I'm jumping in and I'm swimming back to shore because I can't stay on this boat with you and your storms. As, as one of my uh, mentors says, some of us need a friendectomy. <laughs> we need to cut some friends out of our lives because they're leading us into storms. Some of us need to ask God, God, give me a new job because I'm working for a company that's leading me out into storms and they're doing things that are not right and unethical and ungodly. And, God, and I need your help, God, to put me in a better place. Ask the Lord to give you a different opportunity. Here's what he said in Acts 27, verse 22. Paul says this, even if you didn't make the decision, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Now, wait a second, Paul. <laughs> take, take courage. We're in the middle of the storm, the, 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 the waves. Um, meteorologists tell us and, and naval captains tell us that in this part of the world when these uh, northeasters come in the reason they didn't sail is because oftentimes the waves can get 20 30 40 even 50 foot tall right here we're talking about like, did you ever see the perfect storm did you ever see that movie <laughs> that's what we're talking about right now and and all of a sudden paul stands up the man of god take courage they're as they fall over, you know, and he's like tied himself to the rail and he's like, take courage, men, splashing into the water. He, and it starts out good. No one's going to die today. Yes. Can, can I get an amen from the congregation? No one is dying, <laughs> but the ship's going down. 
You see, sometimes in our lives, we were on the wrong ship. And because we didn't make the decision to get off of it, God's got to sink it. Because I wouldn't make the hard decision, God said, I'm going to have to sink it right in front of you. And you're going to have to swim back to shore. I'm going to have, you're going to have to spend a little time in the ocean. You're going to have to l- spend a little time doggy paddling to save your life, holding on to a plank of wood out in the sea. Because you, got, you should have stayed in Fairhaven. The ship sailed, you should have let them sail. No, you went with it. Because you were looking at your dream and you were looking at your plans and you were looking at your thoughts of making your money and and, uh, doing it your way. And God said, I have to let your ship sink to get you on the right path. Oh God, may I never get to the place again where God allows my ship to sink because I wouldn't get off of it in the first place. I was on the wrong boat, following the wrong people instead of doing what God called me to do. Can you relate? Have you ever been in a place where you were in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, following the wrong people, and God had to change your life? Take courage. You're not going to lose your life, but you might need to lose the ship that led you into the storm. Question number three, don't let the presence of the Lord cause you to doubt the presence of God in the storm. Who is with you in the boat? So the first question is, whose boat are we in? The second is this, who is with you in the boat? Let's look, let's look what Paul goes on to say to them in Acts 27, verse 23. For last night, an angel of the Lord God to whom I serve and whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Paul said, the ship may be going down, but my angel swims very well. My... I don't know about you, but even when my ship is sinking and even when I've made mistakes to lead me to where I am, I know this, that God has placed an angel with me and he's not going to let me drown. He's not going to let me sink with the ship. He's not going to let me go down, but my angel is going to carry me to safety. I am encouraged by the fact that God has sent me angels to work on my behalf. Mary, don't be afraid because the angel of God is here to help you. Joseph, don't be afraid. The angel of God is here to speak with you. Elijah, don't be afraid. Rest up, man. The angel of God is here to feed you and take care of you. Jesus, don't be afraid. The angels of God are there to take care of you in the wilderness. Paul, don't be afraid. I know you're seasick and you're worn out and you've been doing this for days and you haven't eaten, but let me just tell you that angels are here standing beside you. Single mom, you might feel alone, but there's an angel in the boat with you. Business owner, things haven't gone your way. The contract didn't come through, but there is an angel standing with you. I don't know where you are today, but can you get this deep into your spirit that no matter what is going on, my God is with me and there are angels working on my behalf. Can I get an amen this morning? Never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I've got angels around me and I've got the Holy Spirit in me and I can go through anything. I'm encouraging. I'm encouraged. Encouraged, even though my ship is sinking, I'm going to make it to shore. 
Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. I don't know if you've ever felt abandoned before, like you're lost in the middle of the storm floating by yourself. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. Even when you feel abandoned in the storm, God is with you. Know today he's standing with you. He's standing with you. I just want you to say that out loud to build your faith for a minute. God is standing with me. That was not convincing. You didn't convince the devil. You didn't convince me. You didn't convince your neighbor. You didn't convince anybody. Come on. God is standing with me. He's with you even in the middle of the storm. You've got to know this. You feel abandoned. You feel alone. God is standing with you. Disciples, you're in the middle of the storm, but you've got to know that Jesus is sleeping in the bow of the boat. You're not going down because Jesus had something to do. Peace, you see, is not the absence of the storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. We say, well, i got to get out of the storm so I can find peace. No, no, no. The disciples found peace right in the midst of the storm when they realized who was on the boat with them. Who is on your boat? Acts chapter 27, 23, and 24. Let's read these verses again. For the last night, and for last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Watch this. And he said to me, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing before you. Now, here I don't understand again, angel. He didn't say to Paul, don't worry, Paul. Remember, Paul is a prisoner. He's going to face Caesar. God didn't use the storm as a means of getting out of the battles he had to face in his future. But here's what Paul understood. I'm not going to die in this storm because I have battles still left to face. I have messages left to preach. I have letters yet to write. If Paul had died in this storm, we wouldn't have a good portion of the New Testament right now because Paul wouldn't have never gotten to Rome from which he wrote the, many of the letters that we read that gave us the truth and the understanding of the Word of God that we have now. God couldn't let Paul die because Paul still had a future. And yes, he had some battles still to fight, but he had God standing with him. Can I tell you this? The storm you're in is not going to kill you because God still has battles for you to fight. He has people for you to speak to. He has missions for you to go on. He has words for you to carry. He, he has people who he wants you to share your faith with. You, you, you've, you've been battling cancer and you made it through, but understand this, that God has allowed you to go through it and take you through it because he needs you to share your story with someone else. You've got battles to fight, messages to preach. You've got a destiny to fulfill. I don't know what's in front of you. you. You overcame unfaithfulness in your marriage so you could teach someone else how to forgive. You climbed out of debt so you could show others that it could be done. You're 178 days sober so you could tell somebody how Christ has set you free. There's battles yet in front of me. God is not finished with me yet. He's not finished with me yet, and he's not finished with you yet. And the storm that you're in, it may sink your ship, but it's not going to kill you because your angel's with you, and God is not done. Paul, don't be afraid. It's tough to not be afraid when you're in 40-foot seas. It's tough to not be afraid when he also tells you the ship is going to sink. But he says in the NIV, So keep your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen 
just as he told me. You see, my faith is not in what I see, but my faith is in what God says. It's easy to get caught up looking at the wind and the waves and the boat that's falling apart. But my faith is not in what I see. My faith is in what God says. My faith is not in my unsaved boss or my dysfunctional family or my negative bank account. My faith is in what God says. So I take courage today. He is standing with me. He is standing with you and he'll see you through. You can't control the storm all the time. You you don't know when it's going to hit, how it's going to hit, how long it's going to last. But You can control who you listen to, and you can control what you say. You can control when God is speaking, and if you listen to him, if you place your faith in him. I love this verse when the psalmist said in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. If you're in a time of trouble today, you've got to know God's ready to help you. We will not fear when earthquakes come and when the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble and the, and the water surge. Why? Because my God is always ready. He is all I need. He's my refuge, my strength, my ever-present help, my comforter, my source, my provider, my redeemer, my assurance. He is my salvation. He is my everything, everything I've asked for, everything I've needed, everything I've ever hoped for. It's found in Him. And He'll never leave me in the storm, and He won't leave you either. Never let Him Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Can I pray for you this morning? May I ask you this question? Are you going through a storm in your life? Something blew up out of nowhere, caused problems in you. If you're going through a storm, I want to pray with you today. I know there are storms in my life I'm facing. I didn't cause, but boy, I sure did get on the boat. Father, I thank you for loving me enough, caring about me enough that you are always ready to help me. Father, you're always ready to help all of us, even in the midst of our storm, whether we made the decision to go out in it or whether we were following the wrong person, whether we've gotten on the boat with the wrong people. God, we know that your angel is standing with us. He's strengthening us and you are going to carry us through. Lord, I thank you for loving me enough that you are willing to sink some ships in my life that are taking me the wrong way in the wrong direction with the wrong people. God, I'm trusting in you and I'm asking you to be with your people today. Encourage us. Be our ever-present help in times of trouble. Lord, I'm asking you to speak to the storms in our life and cause them to stop right now. But even if they don't, let us know that we will make it through because we have battles to fight. We have messages to preach. We have a destiny to fulfill. You are not done with us. Let us be encouraged today. Let us be filled with faith today, Lord God, knowing that you still have a plan for us. Lord, when we're in the middle of the storm and we've thrown away our future and we've thrown away control, thinking that there's no use and there's no hope, Father, may we feel your hope today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.